0: Road to the Cup on ESPNLA. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Dunholm on this glorious Tuesday edition. And what a day it was at the World Cup. Most importantly, USA, the United States, Estados Unidos, gets by Iran. 1-0 the final on a Christian Pulisic goal. Later in the first half, he got injured on the play. Wouldn't be able to play in the second half. But it was enough. U.S. held off, bunkered in late in the match. And they hold on to victory. We've got a lot to talk about in this game. They defeat Iran and move on. The United States needed to win. We know that. A draw wasn't going to be enough. As it turned out, a draw would have been enough for Iran because Wales got thumped by England 3-0. And Wales would have had to have a victory in that match and then put some pressure on Iran to get more than a draw. But the United States outshot Iran at 12-4, 5-1 with shots on goal. And Iran's really... A couple of their good chances, they had a couple of good you know, half chances. They just hit them wide. They couldn't even put the ball on frame. The only real shot on goal was kind of a a scuffed ball or whatever that Matt, Matt Turner just had to pick up, essentially, out of the air. But it really wasn't a shot on goal. So the United States did a great job defensively, and that's been the theme, hasn't it? The United States are moving on not because of their prowess offensively out of this group. They don't suffer defeat. That's a good place to start in the World Cup. If you can go into a group stage and say, first and foremost, we're not going to lose a match, that's usually a recipe for success, minus the 2010 New Zealand side that was the only team in that tournament that didn't suffer defeat and didn't get out of the group with three draws. But usually you say, okay, we're not going to get beat, but you got to pick up a win somewhere. To win, you got to score. And the United States scrapped and clawed just enough with two goals in group play, but they get through because they only allowed one. And if you give up three go- or one goal in three matches in the World Cup, you better get through. And it worked out for the U.S in this, really, a comprehensive victory. Uh, you know my producer Mario Reese, who fired off a tweet yeah, it was, or a text to me, it was tough, of course. we were you know, right after the match, congratulating. and he basically said, a well-deserved victory. Yeah, you're right, Mario. It was. I mean, as we're living it, it's painful, right? Those nine minutes of stoppage time felt like 99 but it was a comprehensive victory. It really was. The United States deserved it, and they move on. The farther away we get now, the hours afterwards, it was really a good performance by the U.S. all throughout this group, really. Now, it would have been a shame had Iran nicked a goal late in that one, but then you don't deserve to get through if you don't win. If you don't win a match, you don't deserve to go through. So the United States got it done. I really like the way that uh, Greg Perhalter set up the team. I wouldn't have switched out Walker Zimmerman, but I understand why he went to Cameron Carter-Vickers in the starting eleven. The one change, because you think you think you're going to have a lot of the ball and you want Cameron Carter-Vickers with the passing. They weren't as high on what Walker Zimmerman was doing. I think he's a good passer, but and I wouldn't have changed the back line because defensively they were so solid. But credit to Cameron Carter-Vickers; most of the time he didn't put a foot wrong. And really, you cannot. I know a lot of people like to rip. On MLS players, I like to criticize them harsher than players who go to Europe. You cannot really dispute what the U.S. did in this tournament. Yes, Walker Zimmerman gave up a penalty. He made a mistake. Like, all his teammates made mistakes. His was just more egregious, obviously. It happens. But you can't even say... I mean, he was mammoth late in this match against Iran. He came in as a sub, and Zimmerman headed away everything. Iran was just throwing the ball into the box, and everybody else was... Tired beyond belief, and rightfully so, in terms of the back line. And Zimmerman was there to head away, ball after ball after ball after ball. You cannot say anybody really had a bad tournament. Even Timothy Weah, who I thought at times was not sharp, he scored a great goal. And again, goals matter. Christian Pulisic wasted a lot of opportunities throughout this tournament. But when he had one here, in this match set up by a great ball by Weston McKinney to Sergino Dest, who put in an equally great cross with a header across the goal. And Pulisic sold out and paid the price for that goal to march the United States into the round of 16. And that's always the big step in the World Cup. It's not the end-all, be-all. But we're there. And we deserve to be there. That's the takeaway from this. The United States can play with anybody. Iran is a good team. They are a good team. Best team in Asia. And in a game when they needed only a draw, they couldn't hold off the United States, who's a better team. The U.S. fully deserved to get out of the group. Not to say that it was a foregone conclusion, by no means. You can't assume that. But look what England did to these other teams. Now, the United States is not built the way England is in terms of offensively. We're struggling offensively. But look what England did to these other teams, meaning that they couldn't do that to us. We went toe-to-toe, and we're the better team against England. Do they have uh, more clinical finishing? You better believe it. And that's why they won 6-2 to against Iran and 3-0 today against Wales. But the U.S. can go toe-to-toe and punch-for-punch punch with anyone. Anyone. And that's what you have to take away from this. Who else had a good game, in my estimation? Once again, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, bossing that midfield with Eunice Musa, Absolutely bossing it. They did it all three matches, and I don't expect that to change against uh, the Netherlands. We'll talk more about that, obviously, in the coming days. They were dynamic not just the old traditional destroy the other team's offense and in the process pretty much kill ours midfield that the U.S. used to play when I was first starting out, probably before you were born, right? But man, oh man, are they just so dynamic and just take over. They take over matches, and we've got that going for us. And certainly that helps the back line, but the back line has been airtight rock solid and deservedly so. That honestly Matt Turner's a good goalkeeper, perfectly comfortable with him. He hasn't had much to do. Let that sink in. A United States goalkeeper and we've been strong at goalkeeper since before I started watching football. A US goalkeeper in 3 games against Gareth Bale led Wales, England and an Iranian team who most of the game was desperate to score after we scored. Our goalkeeper had nothing to do much in the three matches. <laughs> wow. I mean, really. If you're one of those people who tells me defense wins championships, well, then look out. Polish the trophy. We might be heading for it. Because our defense has been incredible. No two ways about it. They fully deserved it. And if you're going to criticize Greg Berhalter, the one thing, I won't even say criticism, people are going to keep going for the subs. It's a tough it's a tough thing. Do I want Haji Wright to maybe hustle a little bit more in the final 20 minutes? Yes, yes. Haji looked like he had played 95 minutes. I don't know what that was about. But he did a couple little things to hold the ball up. I like what Brendan Aronson provided, a lot of hustle, and yet still can kind of hold the ball up, draw fouls when you need to. I already talked about Zimmerman and that substitution. Impeccable in the back there. Kellen Acosta was everywhere when he came in, kind of solidifying a a midfield that had lost their legs a bit. And just the substitutions... But it's more about who they're not playing. We'll talk more about that coming up as well. And what does that really mean? What is that all about? The United States gets the win over Iran. England wins the group with a big 3-0 win over Wales. So despite struggling against the U.S. and maybe maybe should have lost that match, it wouldn't have mattered in the long run, I don't think. England deserved to win the group on seven points. They'll move on. And they'll be taking... Well, we'll talk more about that, who they'll be playing too. Senegal. Comes out of Group A. England will play Senegal. The United States will take on the Netherlands. We'll see if Mexico can get out of their group. It's going to be tough. We'll talk more about that coming up. But we do have watch parties going on tomorrow for that game against Saudi Arabia. Finishing up in Group C. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. In Ontario, Big Al's. 4120 East 4th Street. Or if you're closer to Fullerton, go to Biggs in Fullerton. 323 North State College Boulevard. 323 North State College Boulevard. Biggs in Fullerton or Big Al's in Ontario, ESPNLA throwing watch parties for El Tree taking on Saudi Arabia on that final day of Group C, brought to you by our friends from Estrella Alisco. Still to come, why hasn't Greg Burhalter played this player enough? Why is he avoiding him? It almost seems because today would have been a day you would have thought he would have made it onto the pitch and didn't, all of that, and we'll still take a look at those other games on the day, especially in Group A, that finished up. This is Road to the Cup. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA. Road to the Cup marches on ESPNLA and the United States' journey towards the Cup, and the Road to the Cup has not ended. The U.S. needed a win, a draw wouldn't do against Iran, and they get the goal from Christian Pulisic in the 38th minute, and it holds up. USA. Wins 1 0 over Iran. Dave Denholm with you, celebrating that. We've had some time to think about it. And the more I pull back from it in the three games, as intense and tense and miserable as they can be when you're on an edge like that, boy, what would, I, what would it take for the U.S. to just win this game 3 0 like England dispatched Wales? And it would have been a breeze. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. We're the United States. And we we do get the job done, five points. We don't suffer defeat in the group. And for that, you deserve to move on. And the United States got what they needed on the day. Full credit to Greg Berhalter, his staff, and the players. They ran their legs off, no doubt about it. And even with Iran having a lot of the possession in the second half, of course, and later in the second half, even more so, pushing forward, throwing everybody forward, they really didn't have many chances, did they? The United States really didn't put a foot wrong. And Iran's going to go, they'll be complaining about all the the penalties they should have had. No, no, no. Those were not penalties, not even close. And I think even Iran will, uh, once the, uh, you know, you get settled down after a game, they'll realize, and once they watch it back, those were not penalties, not even close, not even a shout for them, shouldn't have been. And the U.S. gets the deserved win, and they get deserved Trip to the round of 16. They deserve it. That's the big takeaway. But the big question coming out, I think it really resol- revolves around one name, and it would have been a lot worse for Greg Burhalter Probably would have been the end of his tenure if they'd have given up a goal late and been booted out of this tournament. Because where in the world is Gio Reyna? Forget where's Waldo. Where's Gio? And I know he had, he'd made an appearance in this tournament. In the in a <clears throat> game against Wales. But where in the world has he been? That's what everybody's asking. And in a game like this, look, if you're not going to play Gio Reyna in a game like this, where in the second half you know that Iran's going to open up a little, they're going to give you some space, they're going to let you get you know come forward at them because they have to get forward themselves. They're going to let you counter if you. That's just the way it's going to go. And you, I mean, yeah, I, know, oh, I beg your pardon. I played against England. A couple of minutes there, but where is he? If that's not the game to do it today, too, I mean, wow. Just wow. And I know a lot of people are wondering, and hey, how can you not wonder, frankly? Can't really argue with that. He gets a few minutes against England. But he, I, we I, something something is amiss. It has to be, right? It It, it could be a few things. Let's break it down. Why is Gio Reyna not seeing the pitch when you think, look, in terms of starting him, okay, who are you going to take out? And you can scream, like, I'd take out Timothy Weah. Yeah, I probably would too, but I get why Berhalter doesn't want to mess around too much with that up front. I mean, Weah was, coming in today, was the guy who did score you a goal. But I would understand if you might have said, oh, maybe Timothy Weah. But who else are you going to really replace Giovanni Reyna, Reyna for? You're not touching the midfield. I know it makes more sense to have Reyna up front if you were to start him in the four-three-three, but Pulisic, no, you're not putting him in as as a nine. You're not going to play him as a false nine. He's not big enough for that at this stage. You know, he's just not built for that, in my estimation. Some people would disagree. I get it, but for me, it's more about you don't you need him as a super sub maybe you know if you need the goal you need to ice a game you need to do this that and yet it just hasn't happened for him in this he just hasn't been playing so there's only a few things it can be at this point right we saw him get action against england however few minutes those are so he clearly is not so hurt that he can't play okay so we can we can eliminate that He's not hurt so much that he cannot play. So that's the first thing. Can't be that. Could it be that he just doesn't have enough gas in the tank? Maybe he's still not. Well, he's been playing for Borussia Dortmund, right? So it's not that. Yeah, I mean, he's injury prone. Okay, that is true. But he has been has been playing for his club team coming up to this World Cup. He says he's fine. He says he's ready. Could it be that uh, he just maybe isn't? You know, up to snuff in terms of what Greg Berhalter wants in the system. And that's a big fear for me that that's pretty much what it must be, right? He just, according to Greg or in his mind, doesn't fit. Or it's something more like personal or stuff behind the scenes that we'll never know. Or at least not until somebody writes a book probably 20 years from now, right? Those are the only real options at this point. Because you have played him. Why wouldn't he have played in this match against Iran in the second half? Guys start losing their legs. You know you need to have some possession. Maybe Greg Burhalter just doesn't rate Gio Reyna as much as you or I do. Seems odd. <laughs> seems, but it, the whole situation seems odd. And for Greg Burhalter, the good news is, You can just say, hey, uh, scoreboard, we got through the group. Right? He doesn't have to answer to us in that sense, as fans. But he also can look up and say, hey, uh, who's moving on from Group B? There you go. And you can't argue, really, with bringing in Brendan Aronson, maybe even over Gio Reyna in certain situations, like today. Needed a little more energy. Needed a little more, you know, pepping your step up there. I know Haji Wright didn't quite provide that. Thankfully, Brendan Aronson did. So there is more. There's always more to it. But maybe we'll just never really know the real answer. But it just seems completely amiss that a guy like Gio Reyna, who many thought this would be kind of a, not a breakout. I mean, he plays with Borussia Dortmund. But you get my point. He could have a real influence. Now, maybe he still will. Maybe maybe Greg's master plan all along was to lull these teams into sleep, and even so much so that hey, even into the knockout stage, the Netherlands will never see it coming, right? <laughs> Although I promise you, Louis van Hall and Edgar Davids and and the uh, other the coaching staff for the Netherlands is well aware of who Gio Reyna is, so we're not sneaking up on the Netherlands with him. But yeah, I just it is odd. It is. Head-scratching, but you can't argue the results. And that's what really sports comes down to, especially in a World Cup situation where there's those three group stage matches. You got to get out of the group, and then I got no beef. Right? Now, we can argue about what happens with this game against the Netherlands later in the week or even when it, after it happens, but they got out of the group and gave up one goal. Did they light the world on fire? No. Offensively, yes, we have issues. You know how I feel about that. And it will probably be the death of us in this tournament at some point. You can't. I can't imagine we're going to be able to scrape through on one nils all the way to winning the final. But that is for another day. And the U.S. deserves, you know, its its scoreboard at this point for Greg Berhalter, the U.S. and Greg Berhalter deserve our kind of benefit of the doubt. No, they didn't play Gio Reyna. They didn't go home. They got out of the group. Despite the fact you had that tough blow against Wales where Walker dove in a little late, even though he had a great game. And please, he's had a very fine tournament. I don't know what I, you know, it's ridiculous. But you do have to look at Gio Reyna and and some of the substitutions, again, people are always going to be, well, yeah, but what about, why don't we play? I said we should play Jesus Ferreira. But I like what Josh Sargent did in this match. He wasn't great. I would have liked to seen Jesus Ferreira in this game. And I'd have had more of a scream for it if it ended up nil-nil, wouldn't I? Scoreboard. Greg Burhalter clearly made the right choices. Because the U.S. are moving on. The U.S. are one of the best 16 teams in the world in world football. Not just because they got to the round of 16, but it doesn't hurt, does it? The U.S. are one of the better teams in the world. Let's just stop having this inferiority complex. I don't need to see my midfield dominate any more teams to know. And the way this defense is played, yes, we've got issues like every other team does. Sands may be Brazil when completely healthy. They might be a nearly perfect team when completely healthy, though. And how often is Neymar completely healthy? So everybody has their issues. But we are one of the best teams in the world in terms of getting out of a group. That's just the way it is. You know who else is? Senegal. Oh, man, did they look good. Beating Ecuador, the Netherlands took care of one of the worst hosts, well, the worst host on the pitch in the history of uh, the World Cup when they beat Qatar 2-0, third straight time. That's happened to Qatar in group a we'll break those down coming up plus we've got tomorrow's group c and d action to look at mexico taking on saudi arabia mexico still alive we'll break down all the permutations with that and how do the mexicans and el tree get through to the knockout stage because they always seem to will the u.s be the only CONCACAF team to get through all that, so much more still to come. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Road to the Cup. The United States moving on after a 1-0 win over Iran. You're listening to Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. We march on on a glorious Tuesday, a victory Tuesday for the United States, defeating Iran 3-1. I'm 3-1. What am I saying? 1-0. England beat Wales 3-0. That's what I kind of got. ended up looking at my sheet right at the last moment there. for the U.S. England wins the group with a 3-0 win over Wales, but the United States gets through on five points, a win and two draws, and a convincing 1-0 in the end. As much as you're holding on late in the game, of course you're going to have to hang on for really many minutes with all the stoppage time they seem to be adding on. By the way, that nine minutes was insane. I'm going to bring in Mario Reyes. Mario, you texted me about that too. Nine minutes in this match. I can understand it in a couple other ones, but where were the world was a nine minutes of stoppage time in this game?
1: I was gonna say seven. They're there's gonna be seven minutes, and when I saw that nine, I said, "Oh my goodness!"
0: Your your seven minutes is also the overestimating because of what's been going on at the World Cup, right? That that's exactly. still high. But I was, you, fit I was joking that.
1: around. I was saying, "Oh, watch, just watch this. They're gonna give them seven. And then, yeah. then I see nine. I'm like, "Oh boy," which ended up turning into ten, actually.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's another thing people don't understand, realize, too. When you see, whatever you see the number go up, it's, it's going to be at least another minute Yeah, for the most part. I mean, especially when it's been nine, because there'll be something that the referee wants to add on more time. You know, if it's maybe a quick game, or there's been a couple where the stoppage time was like four minutes in second half because it kind of, you know, nil-nil, whatever. And they pretty much stuck to that because there's only four more minutes and it just flies by. When you add nine, it's going to be ten. <laughs> that was just
1: yeah and when our guys uh did a good job of holding the ball up i mean that was great but there was a couple of times like when uh Kaji Wright, right he he kind of took a, a left footed oh. weak shot haji when you, when come you know on you're kind of gonna have like a weak left footed shot why not just go into that corner and just yes. hold it up there oh I mean, if you goodness. have a good clean shot maybe on the right foot your powerful foot or something yeah go ahead and take it but I thought he should have went into the corner there and wasted some more time because, man, those those minutes felt like hours.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Because e- even if you don't go to the corner, stay in the box. They can't follow you. True. Right. I mean, everybody always says run to the corner. That quite the contrary. Stay in the box. Go to the end line in the box. They can't follow you. Even if you lose possession, they, they're 120 yards away a from the goal. Like everybody, like that's one thing that I always tell people. When Haji Wright gets it in that position, it was so advantageous. Yeah. Because you can go to the box, they can't. They can't hack you. You know, even if you're trying to, you know, because a lot of times go we'll go to the corner, you might draw a foul. That's fine. It's not a bad strategy. But a lot of times you end up losing the ball back there or out there, and it's just going to be a throw in. You, if you're in the box, go to inside the 18 and go to the end line and sit there with it. And so be it. If they if they do steal it away, yeah, they'd still have the hundred and twenty yards to go or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I Haji Wright made the worst of all choices. And I wouldn't have minded if he went to the corner, but he was in the he was in the area. Just hold it up, you're a big man. Yeah, that was you're right. That was the shaky, but nothing shaky, Mario. You wanna you talked about the back line, you and I, just real quick, get your thoughts.
1: Solid back line. Oh my goodness. They were unbeatable so far in the first three games. I mean, they were you, you couldn't crack him. You couldn't crack him. Walker's been great, even though he gave up that that PK. He's been great. Even when he checked in today, I mean, how many headers did he have back-to-back? I felt like it was three or four long ball headers. He just got up there above everybody and just, you know, knocked them back out into the midfield, which was great.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it really proves one more thing. That's a good point. It proves one more thing to me. This is not the U.S. of the 90s. or I mean, we've come so far. Most of you are probably... Like, we're born after then, right? And I've been watching this team for a long time. We are so, so much better. And and look, we used to get results back then. But boy, oh boy, defensively, I don't remember a three-game stretch this dominant. In, especially in the you know, Look, I'm not talking about, and no disrespect to these teams, but, you know, Gold Cup. I'm, we're not playing Curaçao here, right? Or Martinique. Okay, those teams occasionally can, you know put the clamps down on them and really shut them down. we are shutting down World Cup teams. And before you say, well, Wales stinks and all that, yeah, okay, they had a bad tournament, as it turns out. This is a team that's done very well lately. Max Braddus was on with us yesterday previewing the match. I mean, he reminded us, everybody says Europe is so hard to get out of, right? UEFA is so tough to qualify. Well, Wales did. And the U.S. just clamped down on these teams. Could have been three shutouts. Obviously, again, Walker dove in, split second too late. Otherwise, we might be talking about three clean sheets. Just an impressive all the way around. Utterly impressive defensive performance. You know what, a very impressive performance. Certainly the Netherlands uh, ha- have kind of struggled in this group, but deserve praise. They get the job done with seven points and beat Qatar to win the group today. 2-0, Gakbo with another goal. What is that, 3-3? Three and three? Frankie de Jong got a goal early in the second half to kind of close things out. Qatar, yeah, worst worst ever host on the pitch. Although, look, they're not, like, the worst team I've ever seen in world football. Yeah, they lost all games 2-0, but they weren't getting, like, trounced. Remember when North Korea lost 7-0 to uh, Portugal the one year? They were pretty bad. I mean, Costa Rica goes to show you they lose 1-0 in their first game. They end up winning, and now they got a shot to get out of the group, so... But I don't think Qatar was, like, horrific. Uh, Pretty much everybody's been decent in this tournament, although they just never really were able to get going. The Netherlands deserved that win. But in the other game, a team that everybody kind of had high hopes for and really liked the way they play, Ecuador, just never quite got it under their feet against Senegal. And that's the full credit for Senegal. Saar with a penalty in the 44th. And then Ecuador only needs a draw, right, which... May or may not hurt you if you really think about it. And Moises Caicedo bangs home a second ball on a set piece, and you're thinking, okay, 67th minute. But Kalidou Koulibaly does the same thing just three minutes later—not even three minutes, 70th minute—and then Senegal hold on and win 2-1. And boy, do they deserve to get out of the group in Group A. Two victories. They gave up a couple of late ones against the Netherlands, which really was an unflattering or kind of an unfair scoreline. Flattered Netherlands big time in that match. Not that Senegal deserved to win it, but they played much better against the Netherlands than the scoreline indicated. And really, there's no doubt in my mind, Senegal can really do some damage in this tournament. They're very, very tough, fast. They play well together. Koulibaly, who's not had a good season, but he's had a good tournament here. Uh, he's a good defender. So, got a lot of interchangeable pieces that, like, in terms of the bench, they got a lot of depth. Uh, up front, you know, of course, they're missing Mane, but they can, you know, they can get the job done. couple of goals today three against Qatar. Probably should have had at least one against the Netherlands. It was the first match, and they were looking to get the nil-nil there at the end, and then Gakbo broke through, and then Klaassen way late. But Senegal, I mean, they're going to give England everything they can handle. I think the English are just too good, but they'll be playing England in the, the uh, opening game of the round of 16 Or for them. I, they can certainly give England enough, uh, enough of a hassle in that match. Again, the English look very good, don't get me wrong. But what a game for Senegal. But more importantly, I think for Ecuador, I just did not like the way they approached. Even as the game was rolling on, then they get the tie. So, you, st- you know, and that's all they need. But then, boom, Senegal hits them right back. There's still 20 plus minutes plus the stoppage time. So you're talking probably closer to 30 minutes left. And it just felt like they felt like they had 80 minutes to go. I don't like the way El uh, Faro set them up in that uh, late in the game. Sifu comes in, Sifuentes, our man from LAFC, and they've got him so deep, and there's no urgency for him to go forward. They're playing him too deep, and just too many giveaways. I thought Moises Caicedo who got the goal, and everybody's going to tell you how great of a tournament he had. He's just sloppy with the ball. I did not like what I saw in Ecuador. Now again, not a bad tournament, just a little unfortunate couldn't sneak that last goal into I Senegal. If they did, they would have gotten through on five points. So it's not like they had a bad tournament. But I just uh, expected a little bit more when it really mattered in the final minutes. It just wasn't quite enough cutting edge there for Ecuador. It ended up proving it to be the difference, really. It was their demise. And that's the, the margins are thin against a good team like Senegal and in a group where you have the Netherlands, Right, You got the draw to them, but it's a tough group because everybody's beating Qatar. That's what people don't understand. right? When a team's that bad, it still makes the group tough because people will look at the group A and go, well, Qatar, even if you knew they were going to be horrific, let's say, but the problem becomes, yeah, but everybody's beating them, and everybody beat them 2-0, <laughs> so it still makes the group tough because you got to go get it done in two games. And Ecuador just fell a little bit short. Tough break. But they did do, I mean, they did some positive things. They played a good good brand of football, just not quite enough around the final third when it really mattered in this one. That was a little disappointing, I got to say. Just not as much urgency as I would have liked to have seen late in that match. Mexico's going to have plenty of urgency, aren't they? You better believe it. Well, we've got a watch party for you, or two. when They take on Saudi Arabia tomorrow, 11 a.m. You can go to Big Al's. In Ontario, 4120 East 4th, or go to Biggs in Fullerton, 323 North State College Boulevard for watch parties, brought to you by ESPN LA and Estrella Jalisco. All of that from our friends at Estrella Jalisco. Go have a good time in Ontario or in Fullerton for Mexico-Saudi Arabia. Still to come, we'll break those games down and take a look at Group D. They actually have the earlier final games of their groups and everything to play for for three out of four of those four teams as well. And then Group C, of course, everybody's still alive and everybody could go home potentially in Group C. All that and so much more still to come. I'm Dave Dunholm. This is Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Road to the Cup marches on ESPN LA on this glorious Tuesday because the United States marching on into the round of 16 after getting out of a tricky little Group B On a goal by Christian Pulisic in the 38th minute, and it holds up to beat Iran 1-0, and the United States needed exactly that. They needed the full three points. A draw was not going to do it. But the U.S. earned it, and they earned it defensively all tournament. Three great games, one goal allowed. Boy, oh boy, if you'd told me we were gonna do that, I wouldn't have been sure of that. Not gonna lie. I'd have thought we, you know, might get through the group by scoring five or six goals, giving up three or four. Tricky, tough, you know, maybe get a draw against England or whatever. Certainly we can beat anyone, but we can lose to anybody in the World Cup. And we kind of proved that too. Because when you only scored two goals, you tell me that before the tournament, I think, uh uh-oh, I would have said, Mario, we're packing our bags, right? We're going home. Two goals in the uh, three matches, but they get it done with defense. And the United States gets it done on this day, 1-0 the final, beating Iran and moving on. To the round of 16. Well, more teams are moving on to the round of 16 tomorrow. Group C and D. D actually goes first with those early games, right? 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Australia, Denmark, Tunisia, France. France is qualified. France are through to the uh, round of 16 with six points and a plus four. But this is where it gets tricky. Australia picking up that big win in their second match against Tunisia despite being now minus two and that kind of really could have a factor could could play a factor if Tunisia were to beat France but Australia sitting good with three points Denmark Tunisia with a one apiece if Australia get a draw they would still be in tenuous if Tunisia win they're basically and Australia don't get a win in other words they're through if Tunisia win and beat France and uh Denmark and Australia don't get wins. Like, if there was a draw in that match, then Tunisia would be going. And still could be, even if Denmark were to win, depending on goal difference. Denmark, everything to play for for those three teams. Now, looking at these matchups specifically, Australia and Denmark, uh, I like Denmark to be uh, the the team that's the toughest in the world to beat. So I don't think Australia is going to have a whole boatload of chances here in this match, right? I think if Australia is to pull off something here... Even a draw or a win, it would be probably a 1-0-0-0 situation for me. Unless Denmark finds itself in a situation where they have to then begin to throw themselves forward and maybe Australia then hits them late with another goal or something. Certainly Australia is alive, but Denmark's just so good. I think it's just going to be wear them down. Denmark's not going to panic. They're not going to freak out. They know they got 90 minutes. A win in all likelihood gets them through. I know Tunisia could still beat them on goal difference and getting a win against France, but how likely is that? I mean, Tunisia is going to go after France. You know, that French Tunisian thing, that adds a little bit of level to it, certainly. And they're going to go at France, and France is probably going to rest some players. And make no mistake, but I don't think Tunisia has enough cutting edge in that final third. Denmark will find a way. It might not be pretty. But I suspect Denmark will get through with France in that one. Again, full credit to Australia for getting the win they needed to get to keep themselves alive and really give themselves a good chance. They got a, a real good fighting chance. I just don't think there's enough cutting edge talent here on Australia's side that I've seen to kind of really believe against Denmark. Nothing like being alive, though, right, L Tree fans? <laughs> Two miserable games, and you're still right in there hanging on. Long way to go for El Tri, but let's break this down in Group D. Those are the later matches. Those will be coming up at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Don't forget about our watch parties brought to you by Estrella Jalisco over at Big Al's in Ontario or Big's in Fullerton. ESPN LA and Estrella Jalisco for that Mexico-Saudi Arabia match, and then Poland takes on Argentina. Argentina feels like it feels like Argentina feels like it's a foregone conclusion that they're over the Saudi Arabia match and they're just going to move right on and destroy Poland. And I tend to agree with that. I think the polls are going to give Argentina a little too much credit. I don't think Poland's uh, all that good. I think Saudi Arabia kind of tripped over their own feet a little bit in that match. And I think Robert Lewandowski is that good. And so that's a lot to, to handle. But I think Austra- or Argentina's going to power through. They're going to just beat Poland down with possession. And a little bit of class. I mean, Lionel you know, Messi still has it. If you watch him, at some point you figure one of these days you're going to watch Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi and think, Ugh. and occasionally they'll have a bit of a dud game because they're getting older, right? But man, Not yet. <laughs> not yet. And Argentina, still enough weapons. The only caveat I would say for the problem with Argentina is if Poland finds a goal, not early, that's not a recipe for success, I don't believe. If Poland were to find a goal in like the 65th or 70th minute and then all the pressure just falls on Argentina's shoulders, right? You can almost see it sometimes. It's hanging on Messi. Like, like shoulder pads in football. They're just, but they're pressing down on him. And all the pressure would fall on Argentina then. But the crazy thing is, (sighs) Saudi Arabia, Mexico, it's going to be, I I think, a more interesting match. I really do. Because Saudi Arabia, obviously, when you beat Argentina, you're alive and well, potentially. But they do have the goal difference against them with Argentina and Poland going at it. So if you're Saudi Arabia... You certainly want, you know, Poland to pull off an upset, I guess. You would you would love Poland to win that match. But then it's more about what do you do against Mexico? You're opening yourself up. El is going to be going at it, you would hope. Good gosh, I hope they just throw the kitchen sink at Saudi Arabia because El Tree needs to reverse a minus two and get a victory, of course, and then hope. So everything to play for, but it's going to be tough for Mexico. What do you do if you're Tata Martino in Mexico – it's not like you've just been piling up the goals anyway, and, oh, we should just open up the match, and, yeah, even if we have to win 6-3 to three or whatever, <laughs> they haven't been able to find their scoring. I mean, it's just, to me, El Tree has got a, a mountain to climb that's just going to probably be too much, and you can never count out Mexico, you know me, you know that's how I feel when it comes to El Tree. they're never out of it, but... Just probably too big of a mountain to climb. Overall, you have put yourself in with this the, the hole you're in. Let me ask Mario Rees on that before we head off to one of our favorite segments. Mario, is it the end of the road for El Tree? I'm not counting them out, but just probably too big of a hill.
1: The road has definitely got a steep slope. It's going uphill. That's what the road. Yeah,
0: there can't be one slip up, and you better really perform well up front. That's you better. This has to be like a three nil, four nil, four. You know. And even then, it might not be quite <laughs> potentially. But Yeah, they're up against uh, it. they got to no.
1: be on the front foot the entire match, pushing forward, trying to rack up a couple goals because it's definitely uphill climb, Dave.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And as I look at it, though, if they were to win like 3-0, I think that's enough. 4-0 would be assured that they would be going through, actually, no matter what. But that's, uh, yeah, they can do it. If anybody can do it. It's El Tree, but I just don't have much faith under Tata Martino. Let's head off now to the final segment. It is stoppage time. Mario, I think we got three minutes, I think, the uh, assistant referee putting up on the board. Is that right?
1: Yes, I do see that. Three minutes is the official (laughs) time here, Dave. So talking about El Tree, there's rumors coming out from Qatar about their manager, head coach Tata Martino, will not be with uh, the national team after this World Cup. That's the rumor coming out of there, and that's kind of tough to hear that. When you're still kinda in the World Cup, but they're already saying there's rumors already saying that Tata Martino's not gonna be there after this one.
0: Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. They've looked pretty dreadful, realistically, not just in the World Cup. I mean they, they didn't look great in qualifying. You know, I mean I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to be there by any means. They were they deserved to qualify, but it wasn't your t- typical Mexico, and they've kind of lost their grip on beating us. That makes a difference. That's huge. It's not Tatar Martino's fault. That's been a changing for a while, right? But realistically, we are the superior team in CONCACAF now. I don't care what record, What the U.S. is better. And that's not going to stand well. Again, not Tatar's fault entirely, but I don't like what he's done in a lot of ways. And just plus, it's some of the relationships and things, they're not like perfect by any means. It's not simpatico there with Mexico right now. I don't think it's a big surprise that he probably doesn't want the job after this. The only thing I think might save him or, you know, move forward where you can keep going with Tata is if not only they pull off the miracle tomorrow, but then, you know, you're playing France. Is that the, you know, in the next round and you beat France? Well, then I think you got to look at him and go, hey, Tata, if you want to stick around, you're welcome. We're in the final eight. We just beat France, who in all likelihood is the favorite for this thing at this point by what we've seen. Okay, if he does that. <laughs> so that's a. You talk about a big mountain to climb. Forget it. Tomorrow's bad enough because they're probably going home tomorrow. Then if, if you're going to. You know, the only way I would keep him around if I was the leader of the FMF uh, would be if he beats. Yeah, you got to go beat France. And uh, good luck with that.
1: Yeah, or, that's a huge ass. Technically,
0: you know it'd be you know it'd be Mexico's luck. You know it'd be Mexico's luck, Mario. What's that? If uh, they somehow win four nil and just get through some craziness tomorrow, right? Saudi Arabia's down to like eight men in the sixty fifth minute or something nuts, and Mexico pours on the goals. They win, and then somehow Australia makes up six goals in the goal difference and wins the group over France somehow, right? France France rests to everybody, and they come in second. And then Mexico plays Australia in the round of 16. That would be Mexico's luck. And they
1: still would probably lose to Australia in the round of 16. That would be Mexico's. Like they would lose that one. Now, yeah, that
0: exactly. sounds very El Tri to me. Oh, I want, yes, that. No, I want yes. that to happen. Oh, that's phenomenal. Well, that's yes. going to do it. Mario Rees, thanks so much. Appreciate Thank you. you I am Dave Denholm. You have been listening to Road to the Cup. You can follow us each and every day, Monday through Friday, here on ESPN LA. Podcast us if you need to do that, wherever you get your pods. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Road to the Cup on ESPNLA.